such a privilege to be in God's house on a Resurrection Sunday. Uh, special welcome to those who are joining us for the first time or in a long time. Uh, today, those who are coming physically or those who are watching online or those who watch or listen to the service later on. Welcome to Kegate Parish Church and to this annual service of remembrance. A special welcome uh, to those specifically who, who join the service at a later stage. Uh, together we have come to this holy place to worship God, to ask God for his forgiveness for all we have done to each other, to spoil or destroy, to remember also those who have died working for peace and to pray for those who suffer the terror of war. And as we begin our service this morning, I'm going to pose three times the question, what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? On this day of all days, as we remember men and women who gave their everything for us, we gather here to honor their memory and give thanks. What does the Lord require of you? On this day of all days, we come seeking peace for all in a world that cries out for it. We come seeking to love the unloved and to live humbly with the Lord. What does the Lord require of you today? On this day of all days, we come to him in worship and in praise. Let us worship the God of love and peace as we sing together hymn 125, Lord of all being throned afar.
This is what the prophet Isaiah says. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nations, nor would they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us also hear these words of Jesus from the gospel according to John. Jesus says, Peace, I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. This is a time of quiet remembering, of silent gratitude for past sacrifices, and of offering deep thoughts to God. This is a time of expressing pain and regret, of recalling those who did not return from war, of acknowledging the pain of those who have returned but are forever wounded in body or in mind, and of praying for those who are still engaging in conflict. I hope that close to or around 11, we will pause and stand, all of us, as we observe uh, two minutes of silence in honor of those who have done so much for us on our behalf and to save our nation. This is a time of recommitment to the purposes of God whose son said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Love one another as I have loved you. Let us remember before God and commend to his sure keeping those who have died for their country in war, those whom we knew and whose memory we treasure, and all who have lived and died in the service of mankind. We read these words in the Old Testament book of the prophet Micah. With what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to, to walk humbly with your God? Let us draw near to God in prayer. Not just for yesterday, Lord God, not even for just for today, but also for tomorrow, we stand in silence. We stand this morning like 
measured ranks in a foreign field, stone upon stone, name upon name, date upon date, stones. Stones not worn by the passing of the seasons, names not yet forgotten by the passing generations, dates too full of memory as years in cycles year. We stand with pictures in our minds, pictures of repatriation, of tears from families and friends for their hero who now is also our, our hero. Almighty God and eternal Father, your prophet promised your people of old and name a place where they might always be remembered. So we now hold those names before you Names etched in granite. Names caved on our hearts. We stand in this place. We know is a holy place, holy ground before you. Because we know for sure you are here. We stand mindful of the sacrifices and of course, a way, a way no words of ours can ever be sufficient. We stand once more, recommitting ourselves to follow the ways of the Prince of Peace. We stand in silence before an empty cross, the eternal sign of the God who loves his world and we want, who wants for all his children the peace this world can either give nor take away. I would like to invite you all to stand.
they shall not grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Where wars are still waged and lives are still lost, where terrorism is feared and where worse fears are confirmed, come, God, bring safety and strength to the leaders of the nations, to all those who decide if there is going to be war or peace, to members of our armed forces, still serving in the midst of danger. Come, God, bring wisdom and guidance. To Elizabeth, our queen, and all the royal household, come, God, our sovereign Lord, bring strength, bring health, and bring peace. On this Remembrance Sunday, we also pray for the families and friends of those who are currently deployed, waiting and watching, so anxious at home. And we pray that the Holy Spirit might strengthen all who strive to ease tension, maintain peace and resolve conflict around the world. When you go home, <clears throat> tell them of us and say, for tomorrow, we give our today. In all our prayers, spoken or silent, we offer them in the name of Jesus Christ, the Prince, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May be seated. I would like to invite uh, Vivian to give us some notices. Good morning, everyone. The, please just remember, if you're wanting to book a seat, or indeed if your plans change and you, you can't take up your seat, please let Maima know in advance. 602410, and that applies to both the Sunday service and the Thursday service. The Zoom chat session won't now be on until Tuesday the 7th of December, so nothing until then. The craft team meets every Tuesday afternoon between 1 and 3 in the church hall. The next meeting of the Guild is going to be on Monday the 22nd of November at 2 o'clock when Nigel will celebrate communion with us and all are very welcome to come along at that time. So that's a week tomorrow at 2 o'clock. As things are still difficult, it's been decided not to have the Christmas Fair this year. Instead, we would be very grateful for any monetary donations for the amount you normally would have spent at the fair. If you're able, could you please put that donation in an envelope and mark it Christmas Fair and either just pop it into the plate on a Sunday or give it to Jean Rainey or any of the fundraising committee. Also, depending on circumstances, we are hoping to have a Christmas tree festival on Saturday the 11th of December in the church. We'll give you more information as we have that. Again, just to say that Salkoat Scouts are still needing helpers for all age groups. If you're interested or know anyone that might be able to help them, you can find more information on the notices in the vestibule. We have quiz sheets down here, the Country Dance Club. Um, there's quiz sheets here for a donation of a pound, if you haven't already got one. And finally, the craft group would like to thank everyone who supported them yesterday at Coffee and Cards. It was lovely to see people face to face. I saw some people I've not seen for a long time yesterday. 
and the magnificent total of £256.80 was raised yesterday. I think that deserves a round of applause. The Christmas card basket is still available to, to be delivered off to you at home if you would like to choose your cards at home. And there are also some Christmas cards out in the vestibule if you want to have a wee browse there. These are all the intimations. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian. Uh, and we draw near to God as Maima would lead us in prayer. Let us unite our hearts and minds in prayer. On this day of remembrance, when thoughts return to past conflicts, with your loving arms around us, Lord, let our minds be at rest in you. Loving and gracious Lord, we place ourselves into your care and give you thanks for the companionship of others who have and who continue to contribute freely and lovingly to our lives. Yourself, Lord, our family, our friends, and all who are not with us now, Companionship and fellowship are not one-sided, and we too take pleasure in returning the love shown to us. Lord, your love does not recognise any boundaries. It is free and available to all. For you are truly loving and mighty. You trust us to make the right decisions by prompting through your word and pointing the way forward. It is only by drinking your life-giving water that we can be assured of eternal life with you so let us drink freely of that water. Almighty God, on this Remembrance Sunday, let us never forget the debt we owe to those who sacrificed life and limb in two world wars and in subsequent conflicts, leaving their homes and loved ones, often to return no more, or to return and find their homes and family wiped out. Lord, we give you our praise and thanks for those who made such freedom possible for us. Let each of us repay that debt by striving for peace, liberty and justice, and to ensure that their sacrifice will not have been in vain. And now let us join together in seeing the great family prayer that you taught to your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Maima. Yes, today is Remembrance Sunday, and I think uh, we have two things that are happening today. We do uh, look back and thank God for those who fought on our behalf to save and who saved their nation. But at the same time, as a congregation, we've been going through uh, a sermon series entitled Moments with Jesus. And I think you, you might find it quite are strange, but I think it's quite interesting to note that we conclude that sermon series today uh, looking at one of the most untold stories in the Bible. And I say untold stories in the Bible because uh, you only find it in the book of John. You don't find it in Luke. 
You don't find it in Matthew. You don't find it in Mark. And deliberately, we're going to look at the, what others would tame the bad Samaritan. Um, and I think, in essence, this woman is labeled by others a bad Samaritan. And yet there's something worth of remembrance. There's something worth to remember, especially as we look at the conversation that she has with Jesus. So we wait to hear what God has to say to us, especially when we think about moments we each have with Jesus, the King of Kings, who, just like our heroes, has done a lot. He has laid his life for us, that today we can look at each other. Even when you look back into the time of the war, people and nations were fighting each other. And because of Jesus, we can look to each other and laugh and smile. What uh, an example we have there. So before we read quite a fairly long passage, and I think you will see today the service might be longer than usual. Um, and I've tried by all means to uh, keep the sermon as short as possible but you need to bear with me. Uh, we are going to read the first 30 verses in John chapter 4. But as we prepare our hearts, let us pray together. Gracious Lord, like Nicodemus, we come to the word with many questions. Like the Pharisees, we can be captivated by correctness, intent, or right answers. As we turn to your word, Spirit of God, do not let our desire for information dominate our need for transformation. Let us hear the word and be moved to greater faith and obedience, especially on this special day. All this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus and the Samaritan woman. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was winning and baptizing more disciples than John. Actually, Jesus himself did not baptize anyone, only his disciples did. So when Jesus heard what was being said, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. On his way there, he had to go through Samaria. In Samaria, he came to a town named Sychar, which was not far from the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw some water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink of water. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The woman answered, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan, so how can you ask me for a drink? Jews will not use the same cups and bowls that Samaritans use. Jesus answered, If only you knew what God gives and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you life-giving water. Sir, the woman said, You haven't got a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get that life-giving water? It was our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well. He and his sons and his flocks all drank from it. 
You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? Jesus answered, Whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring which will provide him with life-giving water and give him eternal life. Sir, the woman said, give me that water. Then I will never be thirsty again, nor will I have to come here to draw water. Go and call your husband, Jesus told her, and come back. I haven't got a husband, she answered. Jesus replied, you are right. When you say you haven't got a husband, you have been married to five men, and the man you live with now is not really your husband. You have told me the truth. I see you are a prophet, sir, the woman said. My Samaritan ancestors worship God in this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we should worship God. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time will come when people will not worship the Father either on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not really know whom you worship, but we Jews know whom we worship. Because this is from the Jews that salvation comes. But the time is coming and is already here when by the power of God's Spirit, people will worship the Father as he really is, offering him the true worship that he wants. God is our Spirit, and only by the power of his Spirit can people worship him as he really is. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah will come, and when he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus answered, I am he, I who am talking with you. At that moment, Jesus' disciples returned, and they were greatly surprised to find him talking with a woman. But none of them said to her, What do you want? Or asked him, Why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went to the town, and said to the people there, Come and see the man who has told me everything I have ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So they left the town and went to Jesus. May God be pleased to add his blessing to this reading of his word. We join our, our voices as we sing together hymn 710, I have a dream a man once said.
Thank you, Stuart, for the lovely hymns. Friends, we have two things to think about. The first part of the service, we were dwelling much on remembrance, our, remembering our heroes. And now, on the sermon part, we, we want to conclude the sermon series, but also think about our heroes. And this morning we encounter this fascinating story, which is only found in the Gospel of John. I've already uh, said that. We are concluding our series, Moments with Jesus. And I must confess, we have limited time to expand on this passage. Some of you may wonder, why end this series with the story of a woman at the well? Why finish with this story that I've already said is said to be a story about a bad Samaritan. Well, she has a history. Things done and left undone. Some good, some not so good. Guilt, she has got regrets. She has got fears. She has got wounds and sorrows. She has got secrets too. She is a woman with the past. So why end a sermon series with this story? All I can say is watch how the story ends. If you were to study the history of this text or read commentaries on this story or listen to interpretations, you will learn that her past is generally seen as one of promiscuity. The evidence for that statement is five spouses or five husbands and now living with an unmarried man who is the sixth one. So she's looked at but not seen. She's labored and yet nameless. We don't know her name. Her name is not mentioned in this passage. She remains unknown to everyone, everyone that is except Jesus. Many of us can identify with this woman, and I want to suggest we are like her in some sense. People like her, people like most of us, people with the past often lived in fear of being found out. It is not just the fear that another will know the truth. It's the facts about her life, about us, if we are to identify with her. We all thirst to be seen and to be known at a deep, intimate level. We all want to pour our lives out to one another, to be known and to let others drink from us from the depths of who we are and what we are about. So we pick up the story in verse 7 when Jesus makes a request to this unnamed woman, give me a drink of water. The woman answered, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan, so how can you ask me for a drink? And here is Christ. It's really a question of grace, isn't it? 
He didn't have to speak to her because the norms and the values of that time could not allow a man, a, a, a Jewish man to speak to a Samaritan woman, even if they were husband and wife. The, the rules of the day would not allow it. Jesus didn't have to open a, a conversation with her, but he does because he wants to give her something. He has a desire to give her living water. Look at verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, isn't Jesus a genius man? He asks her, if you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I mean, this woman with their history, it's something of interest that this man is speaking to, to her like this. The woman is naturally confused by Jesus' strange talk. How can he get water without a bucket? She wonders. Would... Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob or our forefather Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself. She's looking at him and saying, look, now how, how is he talking about water when he doesn't have a bucket? In the first place, why is he talking to me? And I thought... He was really weird, but now he wants to give me something. And he wants to give me water without a bucket. How on earth is this strange man behaving? He wants me to talk about the gift that he has, but he doesn't have anything to draw water with. Hmm? I think she might have just looked at Jesus with an eye that says, hmm, this man. And I love the way Jesus invites her to interact with him further. His relationship in this short period of time has already drawn her to him, the living water. And Jesus tells this woman in verses 13 to 14, Those who drink this water will get thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring which will provide them with life-giving water and give them eternal life. Now this woman said to him, Say, give me this water that I may never be thirsty again. How I wish we could all ask for this living water. How I wish we could all realize we have this living water. Jesus has just offered her the impossible, humanly speaking. He has just offered her water. And she's thinking entirely physical, water that will quench her, her thirst for a short while. But that is not Jesus. The value of this gift is so good. So incredible that the scripture says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, 
nor, nor heart of men imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now this woman is ready. Oh, she wants the water. She wants Jesus to meet her need. The need that she sees. Though it's not the need that Jesus sees. Well then look what happens next. Jesus said to her in verse 16. Go. Notice he drops the figurative language. We're talking about water and then all of a sudden he says... Go and get your husband. He becomes personal. He becomes direct. He becomes very plain. Go call your husband and come here. So what is Jesus doing? He's bringing her to deal with her sin. I can imagine that how that woman could have felt. I have no husband. As if I can hear her thinking, why did I tell him that? Why did I tell him that? But what we, we're not seeing here is the living water has started to flow from Jesus to this woman already. This living water has begun the work in her life. And the work is going to cleanse her and make her to be an agent of peace, to be someone who would go back into the world and say, Jesus is good. Jesus said, what you have said is true. How did he know this about me? I think this could have, could have been something that haunted this woman. She says, I know the Messiah is coming. Look at how she's jumping from one subject to another. I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus does something that he does to no one else. He confesses to her that he is the Messiah. In verse 26, Jesus says, I who speak unto you am he. That's the, the translation that we, we read from. But if we were to go to the original language, it says, I am. It says, I am. Simply, I am. And you might remember Moses in the Old Testament when he asked, when I go back to the people and they ask me, who has sent me? What will I say? And God said, I am the same I am. When Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah in verse 26, she gets so excited that she leaves her water pot, goes back to her village and tells men who normally would have not listened to this woman. They were interested, some were interested in her, but would not dare have given her a platform to to speak to her because I'm sure everybody knew her story and everybody knew about her. And this is what she says in verse 29. Come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. Could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Messiah? 
And as a result, they streamed out of the city to meet Jesus. And I want you to enjoy this part with me. Because this is the crust of what we have been journeying with together as a church, talking about moments with Jesus. I don't know where you are at in your life now, but when you have a moment with Jesus, there's something that happens. And it has happened to this woman. Bear in mind, women in this time and age, they were not so much respected. They were not so much given a platform just like this woman had. And in verse 42, which we did not read, it says, this is now what the crowd is saying after the, the whole people, the whole crowd of Samaria has, has spent time with Jesus. And I want this to be something that excites you today because I don't have much time. In verse 42 we read, We believe now, these are the people who are talking about what has just happened. We believe now, not because of what you, they're talking to the woman, what you said, but because we ourselves have heard him and we know that he really is the savior of the world. Now, if we can hold on to something, it is this. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And this is what ought to blow our minds and our hearts as we leave this place. To and we, are, we further hear Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. Do we not read that? And we have heard a couple of weeks, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So I want to finish this by reminding you that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is your Savior, if you can remember this on Remembrance Sunday and take this away from here, you will go far. Because when things are not making sense in the world, in your world, and you get to remember that Jesus is the Savior of the world, you don't need me. You don't need an elder. You will live knowing that Jesus saves me. And that is something worth to think about. So let's go out and encourage people to say, you know what, when you have an encounter, a moment with Jesus, there are more sermons we could have looked at on moments with Jesus, but this is the crust that through a woman, a Samaritan woman, the small village of Samaria, we're able to know and attest that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Nowhere else in Scripture do we hear that Jesus, a confession of saying Jesus is the Savior of the world. We hear other, in other places in the Bible, people talking of Jesus is the Savior of the Jews. And today, 
May God be with us and help us. Let us pray. Lord, we give because we have received. We have received because the Lord is generous. We, we give because you are worthy. You give because you are Lord. We give out of what we have received. You overwhelm us by your abundance, Lord. Receive our offering and use it for the glory and for the extension of your kingdom. When we remember lives etched as shadows on, on broken walls following nuclear fusion and the fractured bonds of common humanity, tell us of your new heavens and your new earth where there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. When we hear of young lives lost by the thousands and forests turned to wasteland to capture a dozen yards of land, tell us of your new heavens and your new earth. When our instincts tell us to reject rather than welcome diversity because we have too, too well learned the lessons of terror, tell us of your new heaven and your new earth. When we watch athletes compete with strength and skill in ways which conquer war, cause injury, tell us of your new heaven and your new earth. When we despair and think that nothing changes, no hope is real, or the peace is too elusive and too fragile to survive, tell us of your new heaven, Lord. Gracious God, this is the time for new songs, fresh praise, or new instruments played with joy. For our God has shown his faithfulness, and our God has once more made love known. Not for us timid people, people who are fearful, clinging to all things that are not of worth. But Lord, we are reminded today that you serve the world. You heal the sick. You heal those who are not well right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have done it before. You penetrate through the unseen and you touch and you change things. And it becomes miracles through Jesus Christ. Savior of the world, touch those who need sight. Touch those who need to hear. Touch those whose heads are going haywire. Touch those who, whose pain cannot be explained. Touch them and heal them. Touch those whose pain has been because of reaching out and because of struggling for others. Touch those who have emotional pain. Touch those who struggle during this time of remembrance. May you touch them and remind them you are the God who saves the world. You call us, gracious God, to sing your song, to demonstrate justice, to embody your peace, to praise your name with all our strength and all our lives, and to rejoice in what we have come to know, that God has shown his faithfulness 
our God has once more made love known through Jesus Christ as he has gone beyond boundaries that are set by people and penetrated through those who were so much afraid. Even today, Lord, you're doing it. Touch and change us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We join our hearts once again as we sing our closing hymn, hymn 260-260, Eternal Father, Strong to Save. and sisters go in peace to save the Lord the blessing of God the Father 
Son and the Holy Spirit abide with each and every one of you now and always.